Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. My name is Dulta Daharde, and in this podcast series, I will be speaking to investors, advisors, entrepreneurs, and recruiters who are based all over the world, and we'll be discussing how to set up, scale, and operate a world-class recruitment company. Today's guest is James Parson. He is the founder and CEO of Arrows Group. They're a technology recruitment firm based in London and in Europe. And we're not just going to be speaking about his life and his journey and asking him for lots of advice. We're also going to be discussing how he's being the front runner in the Donate a Day uh, Foundation for War Child, where he's helping persuade other recruitment businesses to give up a day of their salary in order to help children who are stuck in war-stricken areas. And what a great guest he was and we really thank him for his time i hope he's all enjoy enjoyed it myself and charlotte learned lots from him we we left the meeting completely inspired by him and over to james all right so finally we've managed to get bradley cooper and the Recruiter Startup <laughs> Podcast. I'm very excited. <laughs> you are very excited. Behave yourself now. I try. I try my best. All right. <laughs> so nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your favorite Bradley Cooper movie? Oh, there's so many. Yeah. So many. I just recently watched The Star and Bo- Was Born. You were fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, she has a lot to do. Yeah, sim- similar characteristics to me in that as well. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we're here to learn off James today. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you're here for a bigger reason than that can you can you walk us through that before we jump into your amazing journey right yeah of course well thanks for having me first of all um so so i'm james parsons uh, a founder of arrows group but i'm also uh, a lesser known fact is we set up a foundation uh four years ago uh the fa- foundation is there purely to uh, as a charity to raise money for disadvantaged children around the world um we've been doing loads of things over the last four years, things in India uh, and, and projects close to home. But this year we announced um, a partnership with Warchild. Uh, Warchild, if you don't know who they are, they're about 25 years old. They're a U- they started in the UK as a, a charity, and that's uh, raising money uh, and caring for children that are caught up in war. And there's about 30 million hmm. kids caught up in war uh, these days, and the number's growing all the time. So it's obviously a, a cause that's pretty easy to get behind. Uh, and they uh, and they're a charity that got a lot to do with uh, similar similar values as ours. So, this year we uh, we've launched a campaign called Donate Your Day. Okay. Um, and Donate Your Day is really simple. On the twentieth of June, it's World Refugee Day. Uh, I'm going to be donating my day that day. So my colleagues at Arrows Group um, and a load of the other um, companies within the recruitment sector are doing that too. It's as simple as it sounds. Yeah. Uh, you literally, you don't have to climb a mountain or, you, you know, put on Lycra and ride a bike and ask yeah. your mum and dad for money. This is you <laughs> going to work. You can, uh, it's empowering you and your, uh, and, your uh, and your mates at work to give your day uh, and all the money that, all the salary you sacrifice that day will go to War Child and help them with the projects that they're working on all around the world. And they're kind of on the ground working with kids in pretty much the worst places on the planet, you know, uh, right now in terms of being a kid. Uh, and it's, and the average person um, works about 250 days a year. Yeah. So this is one day that you give, but that one day will get between two, four, five, six kids out of, out of harm's way, get them in a safe environment where they can be rehabilitated, re, you know, restart their education, 
Um, go jo- join a reputable recruitment company. Join a reputable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get we're them start- young. <laughs> we're, we're Get on the early. phone. <laughs> we're starting very early. Um, yeah, you, you know, so so that's what we're doing. And the day itself, you, there's, there's a lot more in it than just donating a day. We're going to look after it. It's going to have a big social media campaign backing it up, hopefully some press coverage. Uh, and on the day, um, we're having a load of fun at the office. We're having a big barbecue lunch, inviting our clients in, getting our contractors involved. Uh, and then in the evening, we've got a big... Uh, guess you'd be put on the guest list for a big war child gig in the evening that we've got at Flatiron Square, um, which will be a massive party wow. that everybody Gosh. can come together who've given their day and have a load of fun. Um, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Have, yeah. have you got a certain target in mind from the recruitment sector of people like a monetary f- figure? Have you we, any projections on, yeah, on what so, we can do as an industry? Yeah, so we're so we're measuring it firstly in days and in kids. So uh, you, you know, in terms of days, we're hoping that we get six hundred days uh donated on that day okay uh if you want a monetary value on that uh that's over 120 grand nice. possibly more uh we, it, it's such a it's such a moving target because you just need one big company to sign up and that kind of doubles your numbers overnight so yeah um right now we've got about 25 businesses from the uh the uk recruitment sector we've got a few international ones running as well um we've got and then outside of the recruitment sector, so the, the, the War Child Network and some of our own personal networks, you know, we've got another 10 or 15 coming along. What, uh, how, can, how can companies sign up? It's really easy. I mean, I, I, I will say part of, part of the, the, um, the value proposition here is we've developed a whole media pack for companies that, that get involved. So it's not just about raising money um, and it's not just about empowering ourselves to give a day but also there's something in it for the company so there's a load we you get given a media pack that's branded assets such as all the uh, um, photos images social assets videos that you can then co-brand with um, Warchild as a partner so then you're able to share that across all your marketing channels and what have you it's really easy to sign up you get in touch with me directly uh, at james.parsons at arrowsgroup.com uh, you Google uh, War Child, donate your day. There's a landing page. It'll take you through all of that. Failing that, try and find me on, you know, any social channel you possibly can. LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah. You're a busy um, man too. Instagram. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's that's an easy way of doing it. Um, but it's fantastic for companies, I think, because you know, if I'm a recruiter, say potentially looking at a company that I want to work for, you know, in knowing that they're investing in things like that, that they're kind of socially responsible. And, you know, for myself personally, I would find that really attractive as as a company that they're looking at doing those type of things. I think it's huge. You know, I think what we're finding is that um, it's it's big for the EVP, the employee value proposition. Mm-hmm. You, you know, why should I work for you above in a crowded market? You, you know, how do, how do you stand out against mm-hmm. the rest? We're getting asked questions now regularly from people interviewing to come and work at our company, which is about, you know, how do we make a difference? What do we give back? What's our value proposition? Yeah. Different what? from when you were younger, hey? Yeah, it was. I mean, when you were younger, it's how much does it pay and when can I start? You know, it's, kind <laughs> of, it's, 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 it's a different landscape now. So I yeah. think I'm a firm believer, and the reason we do this is that I think we're slower at developing as, a, um, as an industry, mm-hmm. but we're starting to really get it now that actually, if you've got a really strong uh, approach to giving, then that will actually build your company. And the reason that's one of the reasons that we set mm-hmm. up the foundation, not only to help um, causes that we're passionate about, but it builds your company because it attracts yeah. it attracts new hires. Um, it, de- it helps develop them whilst they're working for you. And it creates a narrative around sure. why do I go to work every day and what why do I get up and 
how do I, what impact do I make on, on the rest of the world by doing that? And I think it's, it gives a purpose to, to your job. How, uh, how does your existing charity work before the war child? Like what, what type of things have you done? Um, the best example we can give is we, uh, we are running or we're assisting um, an NGO in India to run uh, orphanages for girls um, uh, in inner city Delhi. So those, those orphanages there, for, uh, girls from four to 18, and because of the, the sector that we're in, you know, in recruitment and employment, um, they're very closely aligned to education. So it's getting these girls into a safe place, first of all. Mm. That's the first challenge. Mm. The second challenge is actually getting them into school mm. because just the, the, you know, the, the commute to school is, is filled with, with dangers in, in Delhi. But then when they get to school, there's a lot of reasons why um, uh, girls aren't as welcome as boys. So there's all this stuff. So it's supporting mm. them all the way through that. So... That's probably the best example of, of some of the work we were doing beforehand. Uh, we have mentoring projects um, closer to home in the UK as well. Yeah, and when you're uh, when you're not being the Bob Geldof of <laughs> of the recruitment world, yeah. you're, what's your current state of your, your your company? Like, what what size are you? Do I have a job? Do you have a job? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do. Yeah, very much. So uh, I'm the uh, owner and CEO of Arrows Group. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I, I set that business up 15 years ago, um, oh. and we grew pretty quick, uh, and we got to a point in 2016 where we got up to about 120 million with 350 staff around the world, um, and then we uh, went through a demerger. I was bought out of our healthcare business, which was underneath the Arrows brand. Uh, that took about nine months of of wrangling to get that get that over the line. But now I find myself I'm the sole owner of of the Arrows Group which is the tech technology recruitment yeah. business with our offices here and in Europe. Um, and, you, you know, I'm enjoying it, you, you know, yeah. run, running the business. Uh, I've de-risked it a bit. Um, and I'm going to jump into a lot of those questions. OK. Because yeah. we've just covered 15 years and <laughs> 20 seconds. It was that easy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know if only right? it was that easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I mentioned before, we're at a bit of a crossroads in, in our own journey. Right. If you could give yourself some advice to when you started, what would it be? Like from today, the stuff that you know now. Uh, I mean, that's that's a, that's a tough question. I think well, it's, it's easy in some ways. I think you you know, I probably would have been braver at the beginning. Uh, I think a lot of the restrictions on growth when you're small is very much inside your own head. Mm. Um, there's you. There's a lot of self-limiting behaviors you can get into when you run a company because you're faced with challenges every single day. Yeah. And a lot of the challenges that you're faced with are not are not necessarily in your core skill set. So, you know, I was quite good at recruitment, but I wasn't particularly good at some of the other facets of running a company. But that can then persuade you that maybe um, things are harder than they are. So I think I would definitely tell myself to have been brave. I would have hired a finance person earlier. Okay. Um, that was definitely a decision. Yeah. I think in particular, probably I would fall into that group definitely of some of those sort of self-limiting thoughts. Um, I know Delta often when we're talking about things and I go, oh, but people won't want that or people won't want this. And he's like, but you don't know. And it's so easy, I think, to fall into that. You you get into your little groove and, and sometimes you stick in it. And then the idea of expanding out of it, it's so daunting that you start to think, oh, well, maybe it's not this or that. When actually, I think you do need to have a bit of, you know, being brave and, and kind of if you really believe in it and you believe it's something that you can offer and is a value add service yeah. is, is following through and having conviction on that. 
having a really good plan. And it doesn't you don't have to be really good at making plans. You just got to commit to one. Mm. If you've got a, a a a north star to follow to aim at. Mm. then those day-to-day setbacks or you know unexpected wins don't blow you off track Mm. you can kind of you know set set course for that and and look at everything through that lens that that's 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 what you're there to achieve or that's the goal that you're looking to to get to talking about that north star did Mm. was that something that you plucked from the sky yourself or did you bring in an ned to help you early on no it was definitely something that we had um we had ourselves I think you have to have a pretty clear idea of what what you're trying to do. I didn't set Arrows Group up, you know, 15 years ago to 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 build it into a you know 100 million pound business. That just wasn't that 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 wasn't the plan on the day. Mm. You know, I think the first plan was that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to build a technology recruitment company that was better than the ones that I've been working for previously. Yeah. As in, better in ter- in my own in my own view of what good looked like in terms of delivering service. So. I think you know your your plans can evolve really quickly as the opportunities come ahead. But I think it's always good to have a pretty clear idea of why you're getting up in the morning and and why you're doing it. What what does the average what does your average day look like now as somebody who's running a big company? Um, it's not as exciting as you probably would have thought it was. But I um, I, I, I most of my Petworth is pretty exciting, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you walk the dog, <laughs> you're the hungry guest. Yeah, <laughs> you know what. It's best summed up in that, you know, my job's kind of guardian of the strategy for the mm-hmm. business. So I now have a great board uh, run by Charlie Sell, um, who's been with me for 14 years, and, and, and Bala, who, who's our CFO. Um, so those guys are massively capable of running the company. They don't need me telling them how to do it. Mm. Um, but they do need me to keep uh, us on track in terms of that two, three, five-year mm. plan because it's very easy when you're running the business to actually... You, you know, you you get into execution mode, mm. and you're uh, and you're firefighting day to day, and actually, you know, looking after the strategy first of all is really important. Um, secondly, the stuff that I, I do, stuff that I'm good at, and not, uh, and I don't do stuff that I'm bad at, which is quite. What are you bad at? Today. I'm bad at organisation. I'm bad at administration. I'm not a very good manager. Um, uh, I lack uh, I lack a, a bit of patience um, to see through a lot of. Uh, Yes, yeah, you're smiling around. The, I've around all, the I've, I have all those horrendous. I was going to say this. This, yeah. this pretty much familiar. sounds like Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the worst version of, the, of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know the stuff that I love doing is 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 leadership development. Yeah. Uh, like tonight, for example, I'm I'm meeting a group of twenty or twenty five new graduates who are considering working at Arrows. So I get to go in and meet them and stuff like that. I really yeah. enjoy because I still it's still getting into the weeds of what makes a good re- recruitment business and what makes a good operator within a recruitment business. So, uh, And a good recruitment business is really down to the people that it hires. When you're hiring graduates now, you, you've mentioned th- the, the overall message to them in terms of giving back. It's a bit of a different job now. Do, do you have to accommodate that in terms of the way that they're trained in as opposed to maybe even five or ten years? Is, is it more social-led? Is it still... like How, how does that look now? You know, I think a again, I've got, I've got, I've got very good people at Arrows who who uh, who are specialists in this. But from my from from where I sit, it's it's definitely now you're you've got information enriched, enabled young people who have got the same ambitions, the same drive, mm-hmm. but they they just interpret the world slightly differently than than, than when I started the jo- job because of the the amount of information they got available and the and the way that they communicate with each other and with an organisation. You, you'll know when I get 
if I interview someone these days, they probably know more about me yeah. than I do about them, and I'm the I'm the one holding the CV. Yeah, yeah. Never that, used to be the that's case. That's crazy. I yeah, used to walk true. in a, interviews, and it was a grey person. I was I was petrified of them, probably. Yeah. And you didn't know anything about them. Whereas people can come in now, and they can find anything anything they want on me. Yeah. And so the interviews are different meeting now. I think yeah. the interviews far more. Um, uh, there's more of a level playing field, I think, within it. And also, I think it's slightly more authentic because, you, you know, I don't get to sit there and be some faceless, you know, inquisition type yeah. interviewer. I, you know, they know they know how many kids I've got, what my dog's called and, uh, yeah. and what is all, your dog the, called? all the highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, just in case you need to know. Um, but, it's, you know, so I think it's, it's good. It's good for the industry. And I think it's good as well for interviewing because actually it makes you more accurate. I've interviewed Toby a couple of times, Toby Bab, and he's got a very, very, yes, takes a while (laughs) each time. Um, He's got a very specific idea on what makes a good recruiter, and he puts them into certain brackets. Is there certain things that you look for for people that that join Arrows that that you go, I have to have you in my business, you're going to go along, or? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, You you know, influencers are absolutely critical. And I think that the the great thing about that is influencers come in 22, 21-year-old bodies as well as, you know, 42-year-old bodies. It's just a natural gift that they have. Uncovering it early on is quite, is is the skill to make sure you hire the right one. I think, you know, there's no doubt now that there has to be a, uh, everybody talks about all of of the old values, which are are kind of taken as pat, you you know, perseverance, hard work, all that type of stuff. But actually the, what separates the good from the great is the ability to speak human. You know, how can they read me in, in, in a scenario like this? There's three of us sat in a studio. How well am I reading you as a, as a human being? And therefore, how, how can I reflect that and, uh, and build that relationship? And, there's, and it's a skill set that isn't, A, it isn't that um, prevalent. Yeah. And B, with the adoption of technology at the, you know, the rate it is, it's not a skill that's exactly being grown. So... Uh, our ability as an industry to 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 add value, to justify a margin, and ultimately be successful mm. is absolutely um, uh, laying upon our ability to be able to build that relationship with the with the customer or with the or with the candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and if that changes, then then we're in trouble because yeah. technology will will replace that. Um, so I think that ability to be able to influence um, at a one to one level, read, mirror. You know, laying on a, you know, laying over the fact that hopefully they get out of bed and come to work on time. Yeah. I think as well, actually having the ability to be self-aware, that's something I always look at mm. as well because people are going to be good at different things. Um, but I think it's also having the ability to know what you're good at, know what you're not good at, and recognize that and own that, and either you know develop yourself you know professionally or personally in those areas or just own that and say you know what as you said you're you're not great organization or administration and you know perhaps taking someone else and and they're going to run with that aspect for you i think a lot of people aren't self-aware and sometimes therefore that can affect their ability to do things and they think they may be better at other things than they are and i think to develop yourself as a person you need to recognize what you're good at what you're not good at and and own whether you want to develop that or not that's important for me i find when i'm talking to people and i I want to jump more into your journey in a little bit but i've got uh, i've got charlotte here and we're at a bit of a crossroads in our own business right so just wanted her to maybe pose you a couple of questions and 
maybe you could give us some words of wisdom. It's free. <laughs> like I'm, I'm basically getting a free NED free here. Yeah, free, free advice. That's absolutely fine. Well, Depending on what the questions are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. E- easy, Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Don't commit to anything. Um, I suppose the biggest thing for me is going back to kind of that start of the journey when you said, obviously, you, you kind of had your North Star of where you wanted to go. You know, how did you go, right, it's day one or whatever, this is my North Star. You know, how did you grow? How did you kind of make those leaps and bounds? And and how did you start yourself on that path and keep going with that? Um, I think first, similar to what you said at the beginning, it's a real recognition of what you can do and what you're good at and what you're not. I think you can spend, you know, that Pareto's law type thing, you can spend 80% of your time doing 20% of the things that mm. you, you know, you're not good at. You need to start you need to start really focusing your time on what you can really add value with. Mm. If you're ever going to hire new staff, the first thing they're going to look, they're never going to be absolutely, their loyalty is not to your company. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. The loyalty is to their career, mm-hmm. which is completely understandable. So we need to make sure that the business, that our business is a place that nurtures and develops their career quicker and better than the competition. And therefore, you can only do that if you're playing to your strengths. So you two are obviously have a different set of skills that you bring to the table, which is critical. Um, and what we learned so far down the track that I wish we had done early on is that we did some psychometric testing. We feared it. I feared it. I just didn't want to do psychometric testing. I I'd be the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Detail. <laughs> and also, what are you going to find? Um, and, <laughs> and, and it showed that we were very, very different people, uh, myself and the, uh, and the co-founder. And what that meant was that then I understood why when we were posed with an issue or a problem or an opportunity, he would react very different to the, differently to the way I would. Yeah. So I'm an extreme creative, so I'd see the big picture. I would always already look at the end game and I'd be running after that, um, see it all in pictures, whereas he would be very detail-focused and he would take it back and actually be quite yeah. conservative and pull apart and go, actually, how do, we, how do we deliver that? You know, I'd say, yes, we can do all of this. And you may say, okay, I'm not sure we can. We're going to have to double-check to see whether we can actually get it done. <laughs> This so, is scarily similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so that was the first major thing: stop spending time on stuff you can't do, yeah. um, because also your your job satisfaction and enjoyment of the of the journey is pretty important. And you've got to, and you're only going to get that by by being great at something. Yeah. yeah, and like a year ago, I think our business got a little bit stale. As I was saying before, we definitely had set set ourselves up as a lifestyle business. We had an awesome lifestyle. We travel all around the world. It was mm. brilliant then. You had to have children, so that two that, beautiful, children. two beautiful children. Love you guys, but um, <laughs> it, it changes things, right? And and you move to Sussex, that changes things. But Charlotte's come back into the business now, and her passion's talent acquisition, mm. and we're really interested in the RPO world outside of rec to rec. And I, my thing, I enjoy doing. I'm an extreme creative. I think. Mm. I, I didn't know that was the term, but when, when I hear you speak, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I enjoy doing things like this. I enjoy meeting new customers, talking about new marketing initiatives, like that side of it. How how would you, like, how can we get from this point to a point where we have something that almost works independent of us? Like, what should our next our next couple of steps be? And that and that's the goal, is it? That you you'd like to have a business that's starting to work on a day to day basis that 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 will operate, even if you're yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, I that is my goal for sure. Specifically, I suppose I would like to grow that in the IPO space. But 
I think we just want to take it and make it more than it is now because we're passionate about not only delivering the service to clients, but I think we've got a really good offering potentially as a business for people to grow their careers with us. And I'm passionate in that aspect as well. But it's kind of getting going. And interestingly enough, Tim Laurie, who we were with earlier on the podcast, he said almost getting to those 10 people is harder than getting, say, from 10 to 30 or 10 to 40. He's like that initial start and getting going is almost kind of sometimes more challenging than once you're up and running and you're adding people in. Would you think the same? Yeah, I think so. I think you've got you you have you have a number of threshold points that are really difficult to get through mm. um, and, our, and our experience would be definitely moving from two to ten would be obvious uh, and we could talk about that in a second and I think you come up to these these other ones so there's about 25 30 and to, so you know businesses that I'm speaking to right now have similar um, uh, threshold moments so the one uh, the two to ten mm. is you've got to have a recognition that you're personality driven yeah the, the value proposition is you too um, you're going to top and tail every transaction that probably happens one way or another, yeah. because by doing that, you're in your training and you're you're delivering, you're living the how we get stuff done around here type um, uh, part part of your business, uh, which is ultimately your your business because every company does stuff differently. But then you're ingraining a way of working. Um, you're going to have quite high attrition because you're going to have you're going to have very high expectations over those those few people that are here. They're going to be in a smaller team environment. They're probably quite ripe. For other companies to engage because other companies might have a better yeah. um, uh, developed learning and development. They, yeah. might, they, they, they might have a, a more entrenched uh, you know, uh, leadership training scheme or whatever it is mm. that flicks the switch. Um, but you're also going to build some real loyalty. So if you're talking about how you can then build and then succession a business... The building blocks are right now. That that zero to ten are critical. Mm. You know, my 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 group MD has been with me for fourteen years. Wow! wow. Yeah, first guy I hired, um, and he's brilliant. And you know, you you can't buy that type of trust and and relationship. So, I think the first ten, whilst they whilst they whilst they represent quite a challenge, because you're ultimately you're di- you're you're distilling what makes your company really good, and you're looking to try and share that and train it. It'll be a, quite a good process for you because it's it's an honesty pill you both have to take in terms yeah. of it'll reflect back at you what you what you're not good at, as well as what you're really good at. Yeah. Um, but then I think if you if you are at ten, you don't really have time to stop still. But then what you do have a chance to do is then you can start building the business around being content led rather than being personality led. You know, people start working for the brand as much as they start working mm. for you because there's processes in place, there's new characters in play. Yeah. You're developing people who may one day have the opportunity to, yeah. to take over. Because com- people joining a company of your size, there's one massive value proposition there and that is the fact that they may end up actually getting to run it. You know, there's no huge ceiling above them. God willing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> precisely. Definitely. And I think that's one of the exciting things like I love about it. You know, whenever we're talking to candidates on the rec to rec side and we're sort of, say, working maybe with a client that's smaller and we're sort of, you know, discussing that opportunity with our candidates. That's always one of the things I see as an attraction is you really get the opportunity to go into a business from that ground up stage and you're so integral in it. And I think if that's in any way of interest to you, that's an exciting stage yeah. to be at. You totally. Know? It's a risk reward. Yeah. thing isn't it for, mm. for, for, for the potential you're employing if, if I can bring you back to those one to ten days right what would you have done differently can you be I, specific on anything I can yeah I can be uh, specific on a couple um, 
I think uh, I was very conservative over hiring. Um, you know, I didn't be I believed I could beat the the industry standard, which is you know a one in two. You know, where for every two you you, you hire, yeah. you're going to lose one. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. Yeah. And therefore, uh, and that was down to you know I would I would love to have been a bit more prepared for them. I thought mm -hmm. I could just get them in, get them working. You forget that for, I'd come from a bigger company before. Yeah. You forget how much support is is there for them. So preparation for yeah. new staff is critical um, because it's very, very, very disruptive every time you're in a small team environment mm -hmm. when you bring another couple of people into it. Um, so I would have hired more over a shorter period of time and reviewed. And then obviously, you know, you'd lose, you'd lose a few. Um, but also then I think you would you back yourself because it takes just as much time to hire one person it does as it does to hire five in my opinion yeah. Yeah. That, that bit stresses me out um because when i did my best numbers i was at robert walters and the machine took care of me mm -hmm. you know and and there was a buzzy environment and you know how, how do you how do you replicate that yeah. when you're used to doing things in a certain way that's that's one of my fears is that you bring somebody in and you kind of think like you expect them to do what you did before, but the environment's so different. Yeah, like, I think, I, I think the, the simple answer is you don't. You definitely don't look to replicate any environment that you've been in. Those environments have been built over years, got their own culture, their own way of running, mm. better for better and worse, honestly. Um, if, you, if you're looking to hire uh, your business, you've got, to be, you've got to build a brand that you own, yeah. Yeah. and it has to be personal. Otherwise, there's no identity, and if there's no identity, it's very hard. It lacks authenticity as a message, and it's quite hard for people to buy into. Sure, you know, uh, I think I think you both have such a strong message anyway in the way that you come across that actually you don't need to change that. You just got to hire right, mm -hmm. you, you know. And hiring right is is a um uh, is an art, isn't I, it? I think for me, like it's interesting because it does definitely make Dalton nervous a bit that side. But for me, that's kind of I'm most excited about that side because I would like to think the experiences that we've had. You know, myself being on more of an internal IPO front, talent acquisition and those sort of, you know, experiences and daughter's agency experience. I think, you know, we can pull that together and, and really take the good bits from each and kind of make that into something really special for someone coming in. And I think, you know, playing to strengths and stuff, mine would be sort of documentation, process management, process creation and stuff. So I think it's about being as prepared as possible, but also prepared for for what your business is and how you want it done and those processes you want in place and then leading from the front and demonstrating that. And I think almost being, well, very honest with people coming in that it is a journey. We're on a journey ourselves and we want to invite them in to be part of that journey. So, okay, we're going to bring someone on and maybe the first person we bring on will be brought on in this way, but then it's learning and, and getting their feedback, what would have been better, what could have been done differently, and then taking that information you know adding that into that onboarding process so for the next person we're always evolving and looking to do something yeah. better yeah. that's what excites what, me but what scares you about bringing someone on no just in general like to is it is it that you don't have picture on every little detail that you can see over the next period of time or i suppose yeah what scares me is uh, you know, very much in regards to that big picture element. I, I am one of those people where I go, this is awesome, but my brain instantly goes to, but what will this mean on a day-to-day -day basis? And then what do I have to do month by month? And then how do I do this? And I suppose because I'm so detail-orientated, I can get really stuck down in the weeds. 
and I suppose what scared me is I don't want to get stuck down in there and not be able to mm. to come out from it. So I suppose it's again, it's recognizing what you're good at, what you're not good at, and and kind mm. of trying to work on that. I think uh, you, you can't you can't re- you, you you shouldn't underestimate what a really good slipstream will give you. You know, if you're both you're both inspiring characters, you're working hard, you're you're making progress. That's a great place for a new mm. start, a new group of starters to enter. You don't have to reinvent the wheel to to make it a really a meaningful um, onboarding experience for them to be working in an, a motivated inspiring um, startup environment is you know we miss I miss that I mean it was mm. it was awesome when we were doing it because yeah nothing quite worked printers never worked when you turn <laughs> them on IT was always down you know it was always a mess but actually you're having loads of fun you're scribbling all your numbers up on the wall and you know it was it was it, it was you know everyone was in it together so yeah. I shouldn't shouldn't underestimate that and that's how you, that's the um that's the chrysalis really you know that's how you get your your brand up and running how do you how do you keep that buzz going now that you've got this big machine that runs and you know you, yeah. you swan in every now and then and <laughs> do your thing you, you're probably heading towards a major exit like what is it that keeps like what is it that keeps you going and keeps you really passionate about things um i think it's the market's changing really quick uh that's exciting it's a risk but also a big opportunity um i actually strange i really enjoyed the the job uh i think after about 12 13 years when we didn't when i did an exit from the uh the medical business that we built up i was pretty burnt out by then yeah you know because you you forget about why you're why you're in it you, you know and you're just thinking about an exit you're just thinking about numbers or 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 you're distracted um you know now genuinely to watch people who have started their career at arrows moving through all the ranks of the organization and being really successful that's actually massively satisfying mm. you, you know and and we do things a certain way just like you will too and i'm pretty proud of the legacy that will leave yeah um, I, I always wonder like when you get to so- your stage and you probably have a big pot sitting there and you still want to play the game do you look at your top performers and say if you want to go out on your own i'll fund you i'll make that happen is that, is that does that enter your head or yeah, definitely. We've got. Uh, I set up a fund called um, Arrows Group Ventures two years ago. Um, not for that particular reason, but that was a big part of it. It's a smart money fund for basically it's tech talent. So what's happening in our space is a lot of technology is moving into the talent space. So even if we're talking about RPO, yeah. ours is RPO through a technology platform, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested in 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 meeting and investing in tech startups that are working in our our mm. space but also that funds exa- is there exactly for that it shouldn't be a dirty word at arrows that i want to be entrepreneurial i want to set up my own agency yeah the, uh, quite the opposite do you talk, communicate that to them absolutely talk to me about it now because normally the only time i ever hear about it is when they resign because yeah. you know yeah <laughs> so that brings me back to like your early days you were s3 right yeah like the who's who of companies in international recruitment, if S3 had have backed them, mm. they would be in such much of a better position today. Yeah, I, it is, it's funny, isn't it? I think S3 have done pretty well without us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when you look at like, are, like, yeah. like, it seems like every growth company out there came from your generation of think, S3, right? Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's definitely a generational thing now. You, you know, we're all getting to a certain amount. You know, I've been in the game for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and... Whilst there's obviously some hugely talented people out there who, who who do it quicker, you can't really buy that kind of experience. Yeah. And to, you know, if you think about the people that, that you're talking about, in my in my uh, my year of of S3, there's some there's some amazing companies yeah. that have come out of that. 
I think it's a, it's probably a big um, uh, a recognition for what S3 actually did. Yeah. You, you know, their 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 engagement, you know, the way that they trained you was pretty pretty mm. pretty brutal at the time, but mm. at the same time it obviously we learned some lessons from it. Um, and also I think it's also testament to the fact that the industry started to mature quite quickly. Like when I was looking for a job, there weren't companies like Arrows Group or, or Harrington Star or yeah. Faden. There just weren't companies like that around. There was either S3, Robert Walters, yeah. Michael Page. Um, and now, the you know, over those past 20 years, it's just exploded in terms of its, its uh, as an industry, in terms of how many companies are out there and, yeah. and, and, and their approaches to the market are changing. Yeah. Um, so, you know. I mean, I'm kind of interested as well, just kind of jumping back. What was the, or if you can remember the moment where you thought, I'm going to go and do this on my own? His first day in S3. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a particular, was there an instance, something happened, or was it an evolution over time that you just thought, this is what I want to do? Um, It was really easy for me, actually. I was was rubbish at recruitment for about 18 months. Um, And then I I, I, I got it, and I, I understood basically how to how to how to be successful at recruiting um but you you know i did it in a very different way i was pretty unmanageable i think at s3 i didn't all of my business was won through through client client engagement so i was just out in client meetings all the time and i'd be fighting with s3 because they would want me to man the phone in the evening whilst i'd probably want to be in a pub with a client and getting wrecks off jobs off him and um and you know, I think deep down there was always a part of me that was probably going to set my own mm. my own operation up, um, that, and, and the timing was right then for me. That's an interesting one. So, knowing how bit of a wild card you are, have you put that into the way that you manage top performers now, and in, in the structure that you operate? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm pro- I'm not allowed near him for me. <laughs> no. I, uh, that, got, that's what we'd probably try and do as yeah. well. Yeah. No, I've got really good. I, I, it took me a long time to work it out. You, you know, um, we started ours when we were really early, and therefore we just we we built a business based on making mistakes and learning from them really quick. Mm. We didn't base it on twenty years of experience. I'm starting up now. I've got all this wealth of understanding that I'm not going to make all the mistakes, and this is where we're going to go. You know, people who are like me, you're going to you're going to you're going to. My job's to make seven or eight right decisions out of ten. And and the two or three that I get wrong, just get over it, learn from it, and and, yeah. and move on. Um, and so one of those learns is that I've got to surround myself with with cleverer people, but also very different characters. Uh, I'm great one on one with 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 recruiters and and leading them and inspiring them about about why why this is such a great job and and why Arrows happens to be one of the best places for them to 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 be. Blatant um, plug. Good plug. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but also, I don't, um, you, you know, I don't, I don't get my knickers in a twist anymore about the fact that I'm not particularly detail orientated. I wouldn't be able to, you know, talk you through, you know, job specification forms and stuff like that. I just haven't been that close to the business, yeah. uh, hands on for for quite a long time, and it doesn't matter. You know, they they can grab me, and I'll go on a meeting with them, and I can help them secure clients. And I think, you know, I just play to my strengths really. It's interesting. I can't remember where I heard it, but someone said to me, if you walk into your boardroom and you're the smartest person on your board, you have the wrong board. And yeah, I thought that's so true because it is. It's chances about, of that are so low. <laughs> yeah. You should be <laughs> surrounding yourself with people who are hopefully, you know, more specialised than you and, and smarter yeah. than you in the aspects you've hired them for or have them absolutely. engaged for. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd back that 100%. <laughs> Any more questions that you want to you wanna throw? Well, I think there's a lot of takeaways from there. I think it's going to be some interesting discussions and exciting sort of journeys coming up. So, I mean, for me, this is the biggest thing is I just want to learn and, and learn from mm. others and 
and I'm really passionate about that. You know, it, you can't know it all yourself and you don't want to be the blind leading the blind. So it's it's taking lessons learned from people who have done it and then cherry picking what you feel is right for your business and, and doing that. Remind us again where everybody can go to sign up. Mm. Yeah, so donate your day. We, we don't have long. It's 20th of June. All right. Uh, anyone who's going to the Global Recru Recruiter Awards, they're sponsoring us on that. So I'll be there. Um, and it's the okay. official after party for those. Can you get us some tickets for that? I can definitely <laughs> get you some tickets for that if you want. Right. Yeah. Okay. And um, you can go to donate your Google Warchild, donate your day. You can go there and you can sign up there or go on to find James Parsons at arrowsgroup.com yeah. or on any social channel and come talk to me now. We'd love to have you there. All right. Thanks That's so much, brilliant. James. Thank you very much. Thank you.